and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Wednesday, the 20th of December. My name is Ben, and on the line it is Andrew. How you doing, mate? All right, mate. Just been saying, we're busy, busy, busy time, so uh, get squeezing this in. <laughs> we are, yeah. Uh, yeah, Christmas is uh, right around the corner. I suppose just, just off the bat, we'll let people know uh, we won't be doing a podcast immediately after the Villa game because uh, it's, it's Christmas, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. uh, what is it? Friday night's the game, then it's the twenty third. So, um, yeah, no, no podcast after that one. So, if you're wondering, uh, you know, if we get hammered in that game and you think we've just uh, been mardy and not bothered, no, I'm getting my excuses well, in early. I might, I, I'll, I'll be well. I'll be, I'll be on chefing out away with uh, Hal and his Saturday supplement um, <laughs> that he does every Sunday, but obviously it's on a Saturday. So if you want to hear me moaning, uh, if, you, if you're missing your fix of that, then I'm, mm. I'm hopefully going to be on there all being well. Perfection. Um, yeah, but we yeah, will. So it's uh, good, good, good vibes. Good vibes. Excellent. We will endeavour to fit in an episode after the Luton game on Boxing Day. Yeah. So yeah, no Villa podcast. So we thought we'd do a uh, well, a bit of a, a bit of a catch up, I suppose, because. Um, the Chelsea game I didn't see because I was at uh, one of the many four-year-olds' birthday parties I feel like I've attended in the last month. <laughs> it's just like, no, yeah. stop. Um, so I'm a bit out of the loop on that one, but we'll get to, we will talk about Villa and about the Luton game as well because obviously we will not do a pod in between those two and a couple mm. of the bits of news as well. But you did see the Chelsea game. Yes. Uh, talk to me. The... Um, I don't. But it, uh, it seemed like slight overreactions, maybe, like from the the, the Twitterverse on on this one. Like, <sighs> did, did, I think, more I think people it... seem to expect a result out of this game than I was, I was thinking. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, and it's great that people had hope. I, I really do mean that as well. I think it's fantastic that we went into a game for the first time in a long time and thought, you know what, we could maybe do this, and a lot of fans were, but. Realistically, as we said, you know, last week, it was going to take something really special for us to, to even get a point. As, as bad as Chelsea have been this season, they're still miles ahead of us, and we're still probably the worst side in the league. If we're going to be completely honest, um, it, despite what Wild has done in the in the short time he's been here, and I thought first off we did all right. You know, we restricted them to very little. We had a couple of half chances ourselves. Good effort from Archer, which I thought had gone in, mm. and I was really happy at half time. I thought this is probably as good as we could do. Really, like, we, we, I say as good as we could do. We, we couldn't keep hold of the ball for like more than like four passes, but that has been a that has been us this season for the vast majority. So it wasn't that shocking. And the second half, I think they stepped it up a little bit, um, and we just looked way off again. Um, I wasn't I weren't angry after. I wasn't. I didn't think it was a disgraceful performance. Um, maybe if you went, you know, credit to everyone who's been going to these games and seen us pick up one point all season. You know, we've been took a few this season away, but people are going week in week out. It must be horrendous, really. Like you know going to see the same sort of performances because that second half to me wasn't that much different from what we've had you know in recent games we weren't as bad as like you know Arsenal away or West Ham away or Fulham away or anything like that but it was just a comfortable defeat which I suppose we, we've got to accept and you know there, there was a lot of you know we're going to be all right you know we beat Brentford at home and you know we, it's Brentford his injury at Brentford at home we won 1-0 and he said it were a massive improvement and and that's what we should be looking at the improvement of the performances but we're still a bad Premier League team, and I don't see how that can change unless we do something drastic in the January transfer window. Yeah. So, I mean, where does this? Uh, you mentioned, you know, it seems like um, not too dissimilar to what we've seen under Heckingbottom, I suppose, away from home. Where did, it does does this genuinely sit on that scale of like just a, a completely one sided game? Because I. You know, I see the 2-0 scoreline and think, well, that's that's not a 5-0 away defeat as the last two were. But 
Then I, you know, look at the stats, and all right, they only had 15 shots, Chelsea, which is quite good for us, but they had an, yeah. X, an XG over three, uh, and we were a paltry 0.36, 22% possession. Uh, that that sounds like a paddling to me, was it? Yeah, I'm trying to think where I put it in the... It's probably... Because of how bad we've been away from home, and I, I might have missed one out here, this might be the third best away performance of the season. Behind, <laughs> I know, yeah, behind Forest away and Tottenham away, maybe, oh, uh, that I've seen. I didn't I didn't see uh, Arsenal, but, you know, they've lost 5 nil, so I'm guessing that weren't brilliant. But <laughs> I, from what I've seen myself, I think this might be the third best performance behind those two. But it were, it were quite a way off, though. Well, it, it were a bit similar, in a way, to the Tottenham game. It's just that in the Tottenham game, we kept them out, you know, and, and obviously conceded at the end where but the, it, it was very similar in terms of possession and stuff. I didn't think we were absolutely awful. I just thought we looked like a a team that's not good enough to be playing Chelsea away and expecting a result. Yeah, fair news. Uh, so a couple, we had a couple of changes to the team at Burnie comes back in uh, for Asula, who drops down to the bench at Burnie back from his suspension. And yeah. uh, Max Lowe comes in for Jack Robinson, <clears> who is suspended. Um, yeah, that's it. Was oh, of course, yeah, Trusty moves back into the middle, doesn't he? From left back, yeah. How did uh, how did they get on McBurney and Lowe, particularly Lowe? Actually, we've not seen very much of it all I, season. I thought Lowe started off really well, actually. We we're obviously up against Sterling, and then uh, and he made a fantastic block. Oh. Uh, in the I don't know if you've seen the highlights, like brilliant to, to keep us in the game. And I've then seen that block, but I did, I did watch the highlights, although, yeah, really good. I don't think I've not put it on actually, but yeah, we're crossing and it we're going to be a tapping, and he got in. And I thought we were really good first half, and I was like, where's this guy been? It was a bit like Bogle's performances have been, mm. uh, like better defensively, which we've not really seen. And then second half, he were a bit all over the place, to be completely honest. I've seen people say he was like the worst player on the pitch. I, I didn't see that. Like I say, people went, I didn't. So I'm, only, I'm watching on a stream. Mm. But I, I just felt that they attacked down that side quite a lot in the second half, and he was nowhere near it. Um, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's not played for that long. You know, he's, that's his first start since Forest away, yeah, I think. So. so maybe he was just knackered, but I thought he started well. But Bernie, I thought the first 15 minutes, I thought he looked really good. He were holding it up, laying it off. There weren't many options for us, but it looked like we'd got an outlet. Mm. And then he just really struggled like to keep it. He were getting out muscled. He, he, when he did have the ball, they were giving it away. And he were really, really disappointing. And, and again, another player who's not, not played much, you know, and... Asula came on when the game were pretty much lost, to be fair, uh, at that point. I think it was 2-0. And he didn't really offer that much anyway, again, to be honest. I thought Archer were comfortably our best our best player. Yeah, certainly the one that pops on the highlights. is got that 25-yard, as you said, in the first half. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a late sort of run and shot as well, which it went, yeah, it wasn't a good finish at all. I sliced it on his left. No, but just getting into Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I, he, he, and he was doing the hold-up stuff as well, and you know I felt a bit sorry for him to be fair. And I think under Wilder, he's he's arguably been the best player, like in the three games in terms mm. of consistency. Um, I thought Sue's had a really good first half actually, mm. um, really really good first half. But the second half, the midfield as a whole, Gallagher had so much time and space on the ball, and he's just like picking out. And he don't, I thought Gallagher were really good for them, um, and and Sue's I don't really remember seeing him that much. He certainly didn't offer anything that. You know that that offered anything in the in the second half. I thought Aimer were really poor. I thought McAtee's the worst I've seen him for a long, long, long time. Mm. And when you've got your three midfield, well, Sousa were all right, but when you've got Aimer and McAtee, we're probably our best two technical players playing that poorly away at Chelsea. You haven't really got much chance, have you? Brooks had his worst game as well, to be fair. Yeah, not uh, not ideal. Um, 
Yeah, the first first goal is a good bit of play by Sterling. It just gets away from Brooks to the byline and uh, Palmer knocks it in. And the second goal is a total mess. Like, what the hell's going this on is here? Ridiculous. There's so many people. I mean, I understandably pointing the uh, finger at Fodderingham, and I get it because he goes down like a computer game dive, doesn't it? Slow motion. <laughs> you're like, what? That never happened in real life. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I've absolutely no idea what he's doing because he gets down so slow and then he just passes it. Str- he's got time almost to think about where he's going to parry it, and he just parries it straight to them but everyone stopped you know everybody has stopped so the ball comes back in and it's an easy tapping for Jackson who were appalling by the way I thought Nicholas Jackson absolutely awful um, and see uh, yeah and it were an easy so there's a lot of people to blame Wes is obviously one of them but the defenders are just like stutter about as if oh oh it's, oh it's in and that's what it felt like you know and, it were, and then to be completely honest after that they missed an open net I think Wes pulled off a really good save after that as well. We could have got beat by more. We did have a couple of half chances ourselves at Archer on and mm. Asula getting the disallowed goal, which were close. Um, but realistically, Chelsea could have had like four or five probably in that second half. And that's what I mean by the sense that it wasn't, to me, it wasn't that much different to what we had been seeing, which were a real disappointment. I'm not going to blame Wilder for that too early, but I think we've. You know, we came off that high of the Brentford game and we've gone into this and it's... I won't even say we're a wake-up call because I think most people knew where we were, but it's a... Yeah, we're probably all still, you know, nowhere near the, at the level you need to be for most games at this level. Yeah, fair dues. Um, yeah, we've, we've conceded some goals to some bad players this season, haven't we? That Nick ja- yeah, Nicholas I'll... Jackson is... I mean, he looks absolutely. He looks like if Rian Brewster was starting up front for Chelsea every week, I think, where he just doesn't yeah. actually look where he needs to be. He's he was offside so often, I can't put into words. I mean, I used to get mad with Leon Clark for being offside a lot, and Billy Sharp <laughs> to a certain degree as well. This guy were off. Every good attack they had, it was like, oh, oh, oh nice, bro. Oh, yeah, because he's offside again. <laughs> he's off. I think he's... I mean, he might get better, but he's been, every time I've seen him, he's looked appalling. But, but he scored against us, and it, like you said, it follows on from certain other really bad players. I'll, I'll die on the hill that Scott McTominay is not a good Premier League player. I don't care how good he is for Scotland <laughs> or whatever. I think he's dreadful. Yeah. And yeah, it was very frustrating seeing him shin one in against us for Man United. Who were the other one we said? There were another <laughs> bad player that we've conceded to and I can't really realise uh, now. I can't either. You suggested Nunes for Liverpool but he didn't actually score. I, I just didn't want to be a... Oh, he set it up, didn't he, Darwin? Darwin Nunes. Yeah, that were another one. Yeah, he set it up. Um, yeah. Chris Wood, he's not really a Premier League striker. He scored. Anyway. No, that's true. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, on, on ways, because, yeah, this has sparked a bit of debate, I suppose. Um, and I, I wrote my... See, this is quite handy, this, because, you know, I, I, I sort of just look at what everyone's talking about and then write my BBC article based on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, I suppose it's technically what they want me to do. They wanted me to, uh, you know, be... Uh, talking about something that other that, that fans are talking about, I suppose. But I looked into um, Wes's numbers this season and, and put together this thing for the BBC, which I I, I think I'll probably just reiterate what I said on here. But I, I put forward a defence of Fodringham because he he hasn't had much of one in front of him so far this season. He is the only keeper in the league to face more than a hundred shots on target. And it's it's not even close. I think um, I think he's on like one, two, three, and the next highest is ninety nine or something. His, his save percentage isn't amazing. He's, I think he's 12th out of 18 keepers who've played more than 10 games. But if you look at the XG of the shots on target, it's the second highest mark in the league per shot. Only mm. um, only Luton's keeper, Kaminsky, has faced like harder shots on target than yeah. uh, the Fodringham has, has faced. So he's, he's been fine. You know, the, the um, his numbers for how he's actually done against those shots, it puts him ahead of... Uh, Players like Edison, David Raya, Ramsdale, 
Robert Sanchez, you know. So he's as a mm. shot stopper, I think he's been absolutely fine. It's just, yeah. I guess if you, I can sort of see the argument of like maybe you want, um, you know, if, if you're only an average shot stopper, then you want someone who can do the other stuff as well, who can you know play it out from the back. And I think yeah. all four of those keepers I just named there are notoriously good with their feet and. Fodringham's dreadful with him, but I think considering our budget, you know, the fact he's our keeper already, I just think he's the least of our worries in the old ways, I think. I, I, I mean, I had a debate with someone online, and I see both sides of it. Someone was saying if we'd have got Henderson in, you know, we'd, we'd have more points. Maybe, I think you're yeah, talking about... We might maybe. have, like, one more point. The, the amount of shots we're conceding, it, it, you, it's almost that a keeper is going to make a mistake because they're having more to do. You know what I mean? You do... Sort of, I don't know, you write your name 15 times, then you've got more chance out of those 15 times and not matching the last signature or whatever. You know what I mean? It's because you're having, having to do it more and more times. And he's going to, he's, he's obviously is going to make mistakes because he's the busiest keeper by far in the league. He isn't good enough for me at Premier League level, but I'd say, I think there's an argument that no, none of our players are. You know, yeah. I think there's a genuine argument. So we haven't got a single player good enough for this level. Fodringham sticks out because he's the busiest out of the lot, mm. you know, because he gets no protection. You know, and I saw someone argue, say, about Henderson, you know, he got the defence up more, you know, he was more commanding of his area and all that. I'll absolutely, Henderson's a better goalkeeper, I'm not going to argue against that. But I think we're talking minimal sort of points difference if we had, you know, if we, were, if we had Edison in goal. You know, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it suddenly makes us into a a chance of survival or anything like that. With it. We do need a better goalkeeper, I personally think, if we're going to progress, but... There's so much more going on in this team, and Fodringham's going to get highlighted because he has made mistakes and he has cost us goals. But so have other players. But obviously, the focus obviously is always on the goalkeeper because he's the he's the last you know the last part of the defence, and he's the one who's going to stand out. But I don't think he's good enough for this level. But I, I also don't really buy this thing. I said you know it almost feels a bit desperation with our fans to me at the moment in the sense of get rid of wrecking bottom, we'll be all right. Oh. Get rid of Fodringham, we'll be all right. Oh, get the injuries back, we'll be all right. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, there's so much that needs to happen in this team to, to stay up. Yeah, and uh, right now, in-house, we don't have, you know, Adam Davis is probably almost certainly not as good as Fodringham. No. I mean, all right. Yeah. You can take that with a pinch of salt, I suppose, I suppose because Fodringham was the third choice keeper here as recently as 18 months ago, two years ago, two years ago, mm. when we had... Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we had Ramsdale, then Olsen, then Verrips was playing ahead of Fodringham. Yeah. I might have missed someone out there, possibly. But um, no, maybe not. Anyway, you, no, so, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like keeper depth charts, like don't don't take it as like absolutely red. That I mean, Adam Davis is a, an international, for example. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see it as like a, a. I don't see it as a big a big issue at this stage. And um, I mean, if like a new owner comes in and suddenly we have a you know significant transfer budget, then. By all means, go and sign you know your next your next goalkeeper for the next five years or whatever who's hopefully better than Fodringham. But right now, I mean, I I expect him to be the starting keeper you know match one next season in the championship, and I've I've got no beef with that. I, I think you know he's, he's shown he can do absolutely so fine. Your people say you know we should have got a goalkeeper in pre season. Yeah, we probably should have, but we didn't have any money. <laughs> you know, we 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 sold obviously in Diane Berg and they needed replacing whether we have or not is obviously a different argument. And then there were also other gaps in the team, you know, with lone players going back and stuff. And then just the fact that some, you know, some some positions we we, we absolutely need to strengthen because they weren't good enough. And you know, if you, if you bring a new goalkeeper and you probably don't get Archer or uh, you know Souza, Pete, Hamer, 
trust they one of these people are going to have to and then we'll be saying well we should have brought a midfielder and you know the, the entire team needed surgery to it and we just don't have the money to do it yeah indeed uh right shall we <laughs> we've got villa on friday which i i think we will uh appreciate the fact that we can't do a podcast about this game is, is, yeah. is where i would put my money on this one they are uh unsurprisingly given they've won like 15 home games in a row. They are the best home team in the league. Perfect home record. 25 goals in their eight games is the highest number of goals scored by a home team this season. We are bottom of the away table, mate. We are one single point from our eight games and we have also conceded the most goals from uh, all those eight games this season. Let me just have a quick glance at the table here because I believe if Aston Villa win this game mm, 5-0, Something like that. They will yeah, go, I think it's up. Yeah, they yeah. will at least temporarily, with it being on a Friday night, go uh, top of the Premier League. Unless there's some other midweek games that I'm not aware of. Uh, yeah, they would go. Oh, actually, they just need to. Is this right? They just need to win. In fact. Oh yeah, they just need to win. Yeah, sorry, they just need to win to to go top. Yeah. yeah. It, it... Until uh, Liverpool play Arsenal on Saturday. Okay, yeah. So uh, this game is the uh, the Ralph Wiggum sat on the bus. I'm in danger game for us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this uh, it's it's the best home team versus the worst away team, and uh, the home team. It's on a Friday night, so you know, big big game just before Christmas. They're going to be extremely motivated to um, get to the top of the table. Uh, God, own, God help us, mate. I, don't, I just don't know how we get anything out of this one at all. Yeah, well, looking at the view from just before I get some views just before we came uh, came up, uh, started this, and um, they're all like, "Ooh, you never know." You know, this is a, a potential banana skin. It's like realistically, lads. You know, you, I'll be absolutely stunned if we get anything from this. It's, it's a much more difficult game than Chelsea, and Chelsea pretty much just put us aside with ease. So. This is this is. I'm not expecting anything. I'm expecting the worst, to be honest. Um, and just don't get injured or booked because, I'll, as you know, I said to you, we've got got four players on yellow cards. Uh, all, all Mr. Luton game to get booked, and that's Armand Odzic, Hamer, Asula, weirdly, mm. um, and Bogle. So yeah. particularly well, Armand Odzic and Hamer just don't get booked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, those are the two key ones, aren't they? Bogle, uh, obviously, we have a good. Good standby and ball mm. for him, but he's another. You know, he is a starter at the moment. Um, yes, it's weird. I feel like Asula keeps getting booked for like jumping for headers and stuff, and I, I'm sure he's had a stupid one for like a, you know, quote kicking the ball away when I don't think he was mm. doing that. All, but yeah, it's baffling. It's on four. So yeah, one. If they get booked against Villa, um, they will be suspended. The this resets after the 19th game, so that is after the Luton game. So if anyone, if any of those players don't get booked. Um, against Villa and then do get booked against Luton, then they will be suspended for the Man City game, which is like, eh, whatever, we're going to lose that anyway. So, yeah, it is, you're right. It's essentially, don't get booked against Villa. Maybe take a tactical yellow late on against Luton. Like, just, uh, yeah. you know, it, well, yeah, if, if yeah, that game's, yeah. like, let's say the absolute best case scenario and we, we happen to be winning that game fairly comfortably, which is... Uh, a fairly unlikely best case scenario, but just yeah. put it out there. There may be a tactical late yellow card for one of those, so you can serve your suspension in a game we're not going to get anything out of anyway. Is uh, it will be prudent, but there you go. Yeah, one one to watch. You're right. That's I think that's a big thing from from Villa. Don't get absolutely disgraced, please, but also don't get injured. Don't get sent off, McBurney. Don't get suspended. I feel like we've had. I guess it is just that Burnley game where McBurney got sent off, where it was like that was just incredibly dumb like you know that's yeah. like the, 
the double yeah. gut punch of like we're going to lose this game anyway, and now you've got sent off. Is I felt the same with Spurs. Like when he got sent off there, I was like, oh, for God's yeah, sake, yeah, you know, idiot, lost the game. Yeah, I'm about as low as I yeah. could possibly be in a football ground right now, and now you can't play in the next game. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he's already done it twice. It wouldn't, you know, it definitely would not put it past him doing it again. So, oh, if anyone's going to do it, it'll be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's we should like actually tear up his contract extension in front of him if he does it again like as in print out his contract and just yeah rip it up in front of him that's that would yeah. have you had a, a, a stat sales out there have you ever had a, a player who's been sent off three times in a season i'd be interested to know that mm, good shout well fabian brandy had a little go didn't he but they were he had two, he, was fabian two? Brandy was fantastic yeah he got sent off and then he came his first game after four match suspension he got sent off again <laughs> <laughs> he was suspended for like 90 percent of his time as you know yeah and then and then obviously club came in and just got rid of him rightly so <laughs> yeah i can't imagine we've had anyone get sent off three times in a season but you never know maybe maybe a keeper's managed it nah surely not no, I don't know. Someone out there will be shouting at their uh, their phone or whatever right now. So yeah. tweet us or post on S2 or something, if that's something mm. that's happened. Um, yeah, so Villa's a toughie. Luton, I, I don't know if we're all sort of penciling this in as like, this is a home win, this one. going to be tough. going to be really, really tough. Really tough. We touched on this last time, but I think Luton are like just almost custom-built to cause United problems. Big, mm. physical, fast, Garrett in box, strong set yep. pieces. I'd kill for uh, you know striker like Carlton Morris uh, mm. for us, for example. And um, yeah, they've you know to be fair, I think they've really. Um, I, I don't know if we, maybe I turned my nose up a little bit when they signed like Barkley and Andrew yeah, Townsend. Who I, yeah. I thought it was basically yeah. retired, but yeah, both of them have provided a little bit of spark. And yes, yeah, I think this will be a really really tough game. Um, obviously not as tough as Villa and Chelsea away, mm. but uh, I'm certainly not thinking guaranteed win for this one, but. You never know. Get a, I think I think Luton are the only game. team out of the bottom three who have a, re, a genuine chance of staying up. I don't think they will, but I think the three promoted teams are going to go straight back down. But I do think that if if anyone does do it, it's Luton just purely because look, they've only won one game in two months. They're not you know, people. They get a lot of praise for losing games, which is not a great thing. But they, they also they're the only ones who look like they have a genuine proper plan that can hurt teams at this level. They took City all the way. Got a point against Liverpool, took Arsenal all the way, last minute goal, obviously, mm. uh, to concede. And I, I, that's going to be unbelievably tough. And you imagine that, I just don't, we, we can't we can't go into that thinking, well, this is the three points, and then getting really angry if we don't win that. Because they currently are better than us. Whatever, yeah. whatever reasons that is, whether it's because we bought badly or whether it's because, you know, Eckingbottom, you know, made such a mess of it in pre season, it doesn't matter. They are better than us right now. So, It'll still be a good win if we manage to get something against Luton. Yeah, indeed, and that would take us to the uh, the magic eleven points. <laughs> just just one away. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, awful what happened with Tom Lockyer on um, yeah. in their game at the weekend. And uh, yeah, for what it's worth, wish wish him all the best, and hopefully, yeah, um, yeah hopefully makes a, a swift recovery from a health point of view and, and can get back on the pitch soon as well, uh, if that's what he chooses to do. Um, yeah, they just on Burnley quickly. Yeah, because I, I looked at this the other day. So they've they've got the same amount of points as us, Burnley. Eight. Mm. Their two wins are against Luton and ourselves. I believe they've picked up. Two, yeah, they've picked up two points against the rest of the league, and one of those was against Forest, who are currently seventeenth and just sacked their man. Yeah. you know their messiah messiah manager because yeah. uh, they're not doing well enough. But so I feel like Burnley somehow are kind of skirting under the radar a little bit as how dreadful they've actually been. They've only 
They've taken, yeah, two points off teams who they didn't finish above last season. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why they're not being spoken about. I mean, I know they beat us 5-0, and I saw one well, of I their... I that's probably wise. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw one of their fans, uh, I think it was before the Everton game. I can't remember where I saw this. It might be on the radio anyway, or listen to it, whatever. But they, uh, they were saying... Um, you know, we just need to get back to the levels against Sheffield United. I was like, that was that. You cannot read anything into that. I'm afraid, mm. Burnley fans, because that were a team who had obviously given up for the manager, and you know that that was just. I won't even say it were a fluke win. It was just a, a disgrace of a performance, weren't it? Yeah. Um, and I don't think you're gonna ever. You're probably not gonna find an easier game when you go back down to the Championship next season. But yeah, Burnley are awful. Burnley are as, pretty much as bad as us, I think. I know they beat us 5-0, so they'll argue against that. But I, like I say, that team was just a, an absolute mess, a joke of a team and a joke of a performance. Um, but yeah, I think us and Burnley, Luton's the only ones, I think, out of the, the three promoter teams who have actually shown something this season that suggests that they can do something. I think our wins against Wolves and Brentford, which is pretty much an Everton we've played well against as well, mm. pretty much the three performances this season where we say we've done well, it's not enough. I don't think we've shown anything like enough to suggest that we can put a run together to, to worry Forrest at all. Yeah, God, yeah, I'm not, not even really thinking about that at this point. I suppose, yeah. you know, you might, you could maybe make a case at Luton, and, and I acknowledge this is a little bit crass because it is talking about, um, obviously, what happened with, with Tom Lockett yeah. as well. But they, they, they've had quite a, a, I guess, emotionally stressful few weeks. You know, that Arsenal game, mm-hmm. 4-3, they're losing uh, right at the death. Man City, I think they took the lead in that game, didn't they? And then uh, lost two one. So there's a lot of a yeah. lot of energy and you know emotion, I suppose, physical and mm. mental energy poured into those two games. Then they had the you know the terrible situation with Lockyer last week, and that game gets abandoned. They've got Lou, uh, excuse me, they've got Newcastle um, at home on uh, on Saturday. So you know may, maybe we get a slightly mentally fatigued Luton. Team that are like you know if if they say their game with Newcastle goes a similar way to the Arsenal Man City ones where they pour everything into it but still end up coming up short maybe we mm. catch them at a good time I suppose where they're just like we've just put so much into these few games and we're kind of screwed like because we just don't have the talent for it so I don't know that that's my um, that's my main hope I suppose is to kind of catch them a little bit down I suppose. From a, yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. physically and emotionally. Knackered, no, it's not. But... I'm not. Look, I'm. I, it's really like sort of doom and gloom. It's not beyond the realms of possibility whatsoever that we're going to win or anything like that. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll yeah. probably be a close game. I think if they win, it's going to be one nil or two one or something. Mm. Um, I, you know, and and but it's like it's all about the performances for me, and I want to see the, the improvement carry on because we were slightly better against uh, Chelsea. We were definitely better against Brentford and Liverpool. So. Just carry on those performances because it is realistically all about next season, I think, and, and just seeing what we can build. This is probably going to be a championship fiction next season. So let's see if, how much we've improved from that Burnley disaster. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go against you here, mate. I, I don't give a single damn about the performance on Boxing Day. I just want to win. You want to win? I just want to win. I, I give performances the rest of the season, but I... Uh, this is a this is a bugbear of mine. I remember we had this last time in the Premier League. Like, I don't want to be dropping points to teams that we were better than last season. Like, just it it, it bugs me. Yeah, and I, you know that's that's uh, uh, failing to acknowledge the circumstances that have gone between then and now. I suppose, but like, just give me give me a dreadful game where we win one nil over Luton. I, I don't care at all. We can, yeah, we can start yeah, thinking yeah. about performances after that Man City game. I suppose. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's your you know your Boxing Day fixture. I don't care what the performance is like. Just give me give me those sweet three points. Um, 
Right, just a couple of other uh, odds and ends just to finish off, I suppose. Um, a bit of injury news. Uh, Oliver Arblaster suffered mm. what sounds like a... Well, I don't know. Some mixed reporting on this uh, so far. Um, but he went off injured after about an hour against Borough last night in the uh, Carabao Cup. Um, his manager said he has a bad cut on his leg, but he spent the night in hospital. Um, yeah. And yeah, United have like tweeted about it as like swift recovery. So... Hopefully it's not, you know, like a leg break or anything terrible like that. But um, yeah, that's that's really disappointing and got in front yeah, really, he's been having a yeah. really good season by the sounds of it. Yeah, it really is. It really is frustrating. Hopefully it's nothing as serious as you know what other players that we've had <laughs> go out and it, and he comes back at least before the end of the season. But yeah, massive massive shame for him. I know a lot of people were talking about bringing him back, and I do understand that because he probably does get in the first team right now. But I, I would have like you know kept him on loan and and let him have. If we we're gonna, if we were gonna, you know, bring him back, I'd like to have sent him back out, out on loan again to the championship, if anything. But mm. looks like he's gonna have to, you know, stay at Port Vale now and hopefully get rebuilt. Well, don't come back here for your rehabilitation anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of Port Vale. <laughs> yeah, add this to uh, Louis Marsh. Obviously, did the same, didn't he? Went out on. I mean, that happened much much sooner into his low loan spell, but he went to. Uh, uh, Doncaster, wasn't it? And then immediately, yeah. almost immediately, yeah. had a terrible injury, which has kind of put him out for the season. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, exactly. I feel like Paul Eckebottom was probably saying, "I'm like, you can't blame me, lads. This has absolutely nothing to do with me. I'm not even the Sheffield United manager anymore. Never mind yeah. the Port Vale manager." Um, <laughs> but yeah, in uh, in all seriousness, I do hope that's nothing, nothing serious at all for our blaster. And yeah, hope for the best. Hope it is just you know a bad collision, a bad cut, and he's just out for a few weeks or something like that, and he can. Uh, carry on his season at Port Vale? Because, yeah, you're obviously, you do the loan views and stuff. It sounds like mm. he's been extremely popular there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did see one yesterday saying he's proven he's not championship quality because he didn't play well against Middlesbrough. I'm like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you've got a bad League One team. You, you know, you're asking for a lot if he's going to dominate uh, against Middlesbrough. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic from by all accounts. And, um, yeah, like I say, you know, like you said, uh, say in regards to him, you know, appreciate get the start the recovery and hopefully we can see you next season in the first team probably yeah yeah absolutely um well somebody we we did see yesterday uh reese norton davis returned to football he played for the united under 21s yesterday had a a planned 45 minutes he was subbed off at half time sounds like he uh yeah came through that with no problems um i mean he, he popped up at training i think in wilder's first training session and it was very much the um you know, Ian Wright, I thought you were dead meme. Um, you know, it's just like I, I was starting to, well, not even starting. I think I'd almost come to terms with the idea that Norton Davis was kind of done as a footballer just because yeah. who, who is out for 14 months with a hamstring injury? That doesn't tend to uh, lead to not, good things. Yeah, I'm still not getting excited about because we've seen players come Fair. back and then break down again who have been out this long. But it's a fantastic, just to see him back, we're brilliant. Like, same as you. I have to admit, I thought we've got another Jack O'Connell here because it, we're really quiet about him. Uh, and then all of a sudden Wilder came back and he was back on the grass and all this sort of stuff. But I, we've seen it with uh, Brewster, haven't we, where you've been out for a long time, you come back, you're out, you're out, you know. And, and he really needs to, hopefully, we can get... I'd like to see him play two or three under-21 games before he comes back into our team. I know mm. people are like, penciling him into the team for the next couple of games, but they might be a big ask for him, uh, Premier League football. But just just trying, if we can get him back for next season, you know, as mm. yeah, and he's played like six or seven games, you know, by the end of this season. I think that's a, it's like a new signing, isn't it? It's a cliche, but it is. Yeah, I mean, I just thinking ahead, I mean, you know, we so we've got 
I'm with you. There's no chance he's playing in the next couple of games. Like, uh, yeah, should definitely. We should definitely be uh, kid gloves around this recovery. But um, we've got Man City on the 30th of December. Then we have got the FA Cup game against Gillingham. Like, you could potentially say that maybe yeah. pop up on the bench on that. You know, assuming yeah. everything goes well. But then the next game, as we talked about, is not till the 21st of January. So that's a, a full month from now. So you could potentially pencil in like. End of January, you might start to actually see him in league games again if he keeps recovering. Um, so, yeah, that's great. I, I just hope, um, well, for his sake as well as ours, I hope he's, you know, he, he can come back at the same kind of levels that he was, which I don't want to rewrite history. I, I thought he was he was good before he got his injury. He wasn't, I don't think, like, he's going to be transformative for us, but you never know, he might. No, 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 he but he's a really, he looked he looked a good championship player, I think, um, yeah. before he got injured. He was, he was showing the best form, his best form that he's, that he's uh, shown for us since he came back from his two loan spells. And, you know, he's a, he's a really good player to have around, I think. You know, he's, he's we struggle defensively, and especially at left wing back, if he's going to play there. So if we can get him uh, if we can get him back, uh, that would be yeah, a massive boost. Yeah. I mean, even if we're playing a back four, I, I think he, he's probably got the tools as a left back. I mean, he played left centre back for a bit. Um, God, where was he? Rochdale, I think. Yeah, yeah, Rochdale, Luton, and Stoke. I think he went out on loan too. Oh, Carlisle, really? Carlisle? But I was—I get mixed up. Oh no, it's later at Carlisle. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I didn't make. Sorry, but um, yeah, I, I uh, the one. Well, I guess the two things I really liked about him was his like aggression, just in terms of he was someone who would stand up to a challenge, like physical challenge, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. his athleticism, and obviously. Uh, with a long-term injury, you, you're always going to have concerns about whether you can re whether you've you've still got that level of athleticism. So, yeah. fingers crossed that he he has and um, yeah, no no hiccups in his recovery, I suppose. And yeah, maybe we'll see him in, back in the first team in a month or so. That would be delightful. Um, Billy Sharp is not going to rejoin Sheffield United. He's signing for Hull City, yeah. the Championship for the rest of the season. So, from from LA to Hull. The, I suppose it was the European city of culture about 20 years ago. <laughs> of course, yeah. I saw their fans are not really happy about this, but I understand because they've looked at his record and said he's 38 and he's scored two goals. He's a rate player. Pro- what are they on about? Yeah, they're in a promotion winning side there. Last- but yeah, I'm, I am. I have to admit, I think it's a good move for him because Hull are doing really well. And Do you know what they call Rossini, the Hull fans? Oh, God, this is going to be awful, isn't it? Rosie. <laughs> so good. bad, so so bad. Saw it like, oh, Rosie will get him firing. Like, what? what? No, you're not having that. Uh, but yeah, so he, uh, I think it's a really good move for him because they have got, uh, they, they are in the uh, contention for the playoffs at the moment, and mm. a great story. Not why it won't be for us if he, if he passes us on the way up and we come down. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I really do like uh, Rosie as a manager for a senior. <laughs> I think he's, uh, you know, he's done some really good. He did well at Derby. Mm. Uh, when he first came in there, and he's doing really well with Hull, so it's a good move for him. Um, and uh, yeah, he'll get a few goals, won't he, old Billy? He will. Yeah, we're going to need to examine the terms of our uh, chip butty bet, I think, because we did we did a thing of like, what will be higher, United's oh, yeah. United's league wins or Billy Sharp's league goals, and we'll mm-hmm. need to um, we'll need a, a bit of a, a pools panel decision on whether the MLS ones. <laughs> count or whether his championship ones count so uh yeah, yeah he, i'm sure he'll have a few few goals in him I'm, I'm glad to see him um i guess back back in on, on our time zone i suppose you know we'll be able to follow his progress a bit more closely um, has he got wednesday on boxing day or something or coming oh, up oh, that's yeah one. i think so oh, yeah he won't, he won't be able to play for him he can't can't um can't register till january Maybe it's different in the championship. They might have got him New Year's Day or something. I'm not sure to be honest. It is New Year's Day. 
Oh, 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 oh it's Mind you, Wednesday the best team in the country at the moment, so uh, <laughs> it's going to be a tough one for all that. So. It's at Hillsborough as well. I someone, might, uh, I might actually watch that. Someone uh, put on ST, we were from Owlstalk, and they said, United are jealous of us because we've got this uh, great manager, and they're back to the Lombard. It's like your second bottom in the championship, lads. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Calm down. You know, enjoy the wins by all means, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's everything. I mean, I don't really want to talk about this uh, dozy Mabusi stuff, no, like because right. we, I don't know. We, say again, sorry. It is funny if if you could take away the fact we're involved in it. It is funny. He, he said he had what I don't know more about one billion. <laughs> he overestimated his value by one billion percent. <laughs> there was something like that, yeah, the, uh, the the revenue or something, but. Um... Yeah, being, uh, I, I guess I should probably get my facts straight here, but is it, is it like investigated by the, the SEC or something? Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not in a, <laughs> not in a, a fit way to buy a um, a football club anyway. My favourite bit by a mile was uh, it, when they said, he was estimated, he said he'd had something like £429 million. It actually turned out in his accounts he had $50. <laughs> you can buy a few pints of Guinness for $50, I suppose. But, yeah, um, of course you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, US watchdog sues Dozy Mabusi for allegedly faking documents and making up companies out of thin air. Uh, businessmen who tried to buy Sheffield United accused of elaborate fraud. So I guess we should be grateful to the EFL's, um, you know, Diligence process. Yeah, it's got uh, a lot of stick. You know, a lot of our fans. But and, and look, there's been a lot of people taking the Mickey out of people who are, you know, really, <laughs> really sold by those. I think there's a lot of desperation again from people like, no, we want it to be true. We want it to be true. I think within about a week, <laughs> just like the the dodgy things that other people have pulled up, it was pretty obvious that this weren't going to go anywhere. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, people. Some people said that the Prince should be doing better due diligence, and you know. Other people have said, well, you know, get, he lets the EFL do that. My argument against that is that he's wasted 12 months messing yeah. about with his chance. But quite evidently, you know, a con man, I think most, I think it's 90% of the people who came across anything about him realised that fairly early on. But, yeah, uh, like so, you know, third time, okay, first one we're in jail, so this one's not in jail. So things are looking up, you know what I mean? Next one, who knows what, what we could have next. Uh, yeah, I mean, we... Prince of Dunlough agreed to sell the club to this man. Like you only want what's best for the club, though. I would be getting told. So, <laughs> so just, yeah. Looking at this article, uh, it says uh, the club's owner had a, had been keen to sell and brokered a deal with the American Henry Maurice that fell through last year. Like fell through, <laughs> fell through because they were in jail. Yeah, yeah. doesn't bother <laughs> yeah. to mention that part of the story. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's probably the, the last we'll hear about that. I guess we. I don't mean this in a backslapping way, but. Um, you know, there's a reason we kind of kind of keep our powder dry on some of these sort of hot field <laughs> stuff, in it because until it's I don't know, until it's concrete, you never, you just never know what's going to happen. And um, yeah, I don't think any of us expect it. I mean, when no, obviously it came out, there's you know, an African um, billionaire we're taking mm. out. Everyone's talking about Coos Becker and all these sort of people. And you think, who's this guy? And then literally, like, about I don't know, a week later, if if that, to be honest, about it's probably about 24 hours later, like. Right, this isn't going to happen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to get any excited. If, if we, if I get the, uh, you know, the, the Nathan Emmingham tweet coming out soon about, you know, Sheffield have agreed to sell the club, I will not be getting excited. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, all right, mate. Uh, any, I don't think there's any of the Blades news, is there, to uh, fit in? Oh, uh, no, I can't think of anything on top of my head. No, I, can't, I don't think anything's happened now. 
No, not sure. Uh, right, so yeah, just finish up. Um, my thing is on the BBC website now, BBC Sport, uh, on the United page, the fan voice thing, just some uh, uh, a case for the defence for Wes Fodringham, I suppose. Um, mm. I still need to write this week's Women of Steel. I might try and do that tonight. I've just been slammed with work at the moment. But yeah, uh, really exciting game this weekend against Charlton, um, who were the league leaders. They drew two all. They conceded in the 98th minute. Oh, seven yeah. minutes of injury time. And uh, Charlton scored from about 25 yards in the 98th minute. But um, yeah. it had been coming, I think it's fair to say. I mean, that was I forgot this at the time, but... This was the first time Charlton had conceded away from home this season in like six or seven games. So United, the first team to actually breach that defence, and yeah, scored a United scored a cracking second goal. I know you saw it as well, mate. But yeah, really unbelievable move, like from from back to front, some beautiful first time passing, and then finished off by Hodgson. But yeah, they couldn't quite hang on. But an entertaining game, uh, and they go into a. Um, like a winter break now in the women's game for a few weeks. But, um, yeah, that'll be women of steel, um, dot substack dot com. So if you're not, if you're subscribing to that, you'll get it in your inbox in the next day or two. And, uh, if, if you're not subscribing, go and go and please do so. It is absolutely free and you get some, uh, Coverage about United's women team. But, but um, people criticise us for this end, don't they? For the plug-in section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cafe. He said, like, I, don't I know, think he said it was his favourite bit, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, his favourite bit was the 15, uh, 15 minutes of plug-in at the end. But, you know, we, we're very busy people. We need to we need to get our uh, genius out to the world. So and, Yeah, no, I don't feel bad about doing it because we don't actually make any money for Well, I don't make any money out of this, do you? You, you get no, a little, no, little bit of ad no. revenue, I suppose. A little bit of ad revenue, why not? Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, we were told just a couple of days ago we were the twenty fourth most listened to podcast, sports podcast in Singapore last week. So we're obviously doing something right. So all you haters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, mate? More, more madely, more madely my, madness. Uh, yeah, madely. Uh, I think last time we just released EastEnders. Since then, we've done favorite Christmas song at the top of the pops. I think League of Gentlemen's coming out today, and then mm. we should this week also be having favorite Christmas films and The Snowman. Yes, well, that's that's right, right up my street. As I said to you yesterday, I feel like I've I probably watched that a hundred times in the last two or three years, just with my um, now four year old because she's like obsessed with it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode to see. It, 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 is I mean. Can, can you spoil it? Are you, are you like taking the mick out of the snowman, or is it a, is it a sincere? No, it is sincere. It is sincere. I mean, you know, it's pretty spoiler. good television, right? Like, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I think, like, yeah. you know, we both thought it was fantastic, but there is a, there's some laughs along the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but the, the Christmas films one is an absolute disgrace of an episode. So listen to that. It's, <laughs> it's so you know, there's so many things that we both get wrong. Not like purposefully. It's not done as a joke or anything. We just. Don't know anything about film. Well, I don't know anything about films. Ever so, but yes, yeah, so listen to that one. If you like the adverts one, you'll probably like that one. <laughs> uh, superb. It's all part of the charm, mate, isn't it? Um, right, well, that is Living With Maidley. You can get that wherever podcasts exist. And uh, what we've got... Villa View will be... Yeah, Villa View will be out tomorrow. Just, I'd like to give a spoiler. A brilliant... Uh, someone said, they're that bad that even three points will be a disappointment. <laughs> 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 Sometimes you just have to hold the hands up, don't you? Say, yeah, we we just uh, we're just gonna have to suck it up this season, I think, um, and certainly on Friday night, unless there's a, a Christmas miracle, you never know, do you? You never know, uh, you never know. Come on, prove us wrong, prove us yeah, wrong, please. Yeah, just get a, a sneaky point. You never know. It happened at Brighton, I suppose. They get a a dumbo red card or something. You never know, you never know. And obviously, I mean, they are a little bit nervous, in all seriousness, about. 
they know the miles better. And I don't think it's arrogant. I'm sure our fans will be commenting on, you know, when I post it, saying arrogant fans, the top of the league, we're bottom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to be very confident. But there is this sort of, oh, you never know, though. You know, in classic, every club thinks, oh, typical Villa, typical Blades. No, I'd, I'd be very confident if I were them. I don't think we've won at Aston Villa since like the 60s or something. Just trying to find this now. We obviously won the cup on the cloth, didn't we? Uh, sorry, in the league, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. I don't think I've ever seen us win there since I've been following football. Scrolling back now. So, da, 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 da. yeah, we won there in the FA Cup in 2014, but <laughs> good Lord, I'm going to scroll a long way here. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, 1966. The 29th of January, a 2-0 win. The biggest footballing moment in 1966. <laughs> <laughs> it was the start of it. It started on a good note. Um, right, mate, let's let's finish there then. Thanks uh, thanks for your time. I suppose the, um, yeah, the only thing left to do is to uh, wish everybody listening a very happy Christmas and the same to you as well, mate, although I'll see you on Friday to watch this. We are going to ruin our... Yeah, we're going to ruin our Christmas and watch this game, aren't we, together <laughs> at the club? So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. Listen, I hope you have a good one. And get, share all your crap Chef United gifts. I always enjoy that. You know, on Christmas oh, yeah. Day. <laughs> Great shout. Yeah, we need, we need to – someone needs to start a hashtag of, like, I don't know, Chef United tat or something and just get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always get something. And then I'll always buy me, like, I don't know, even if it's just a mug, you know, with yeah. Chef thing in it. So, but, yeah. Post them all, post them all. Yes, please. All right, mate. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, I will see you on Friday. Thanks again. Yes. Thanks a lot, mate. See you later.